All right, well, welcome back, everybody. I know it's been a long, long time. Uh, I, people have been just beating me up to try to get another podcast out there. And when I say people, I mean like two or three of you. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I, you know, listen, I, this was never meant to be something that's going to gain a million followers or whatever. Just, a, I just needed a creative outlet. Uh, as you know, we are in Colorado Springs. Uh, we do have a house now. Uh, unfortunately, our household goods won't be here for probably at least another two or three weeks. So we're sitting here in this big house with 3,300 square feet. Um, that's pretty much empty except for the furniture that we bought since we got here. And uh, it's not fun. And I'm sleeping on this stupid friggin' I wish I wish I could give you guys a visual. This stupid friggin' fold-out sofa bed that we bought. Uh, and the reason that I'm sleeping on that is because we also bought this a humongous, uh, huge uh, sectional couch to put in the, in the finished basement downstairs. That's huge, and it sleeps literally four people. And my thinking was that, well, four of us will sleep on there. The other person will sleep up on the, the sofa bed. Well, guess what? I'm the odd man out on the sofa bed because I snore. So I, they all sleep in the basement. I sleep up here on the sofa bed, and everybody's happy except me. This thing is killing me. Every morning I wake up, I can barely get out of bed. My back hurts. Every little bit of me hurts. Every All 51 years of me is just coming out. But I digress. I didn't come on here to talk about, you know, that shit. Uh, uh, it's been a while since I've done a podcast. Uh, I know some people out there been ha- literally have been bugging me, and so I wanted to do one today. Uh, special occasion. I'll tell you what the special occasion is. Today, May 25th, in case you didn't know, is National Wine Day. That's right, National Wine Day, or as the Italians would say, Il Giorno de Vino Nazionale. Uh, and so uh, I am drinking a nice generic Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, Cabernet Sauvignon is my go-to wine when I just, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of money, but I just want to have a nice relaxing glass of wine. It's always Cabernet Sauvignon. It never lets me down, never, ever, ever. Uh, it's like Jersey Mike's, never lets me down. Even when it's bad, it's still good. So... Um, that's actually a good, pretty good segue to Jersey Mike's into tonight's topic that we're going to talk about. And that is, uh, I wanted to, I don't really have a topic for this, but let's call it observations on the U.S. Um, we've been here, let's see, we got here April 9th, today's May 24th, so almost two, what's that, a month and three weeks, something like that. Uh, that's given me ample time to kind of make some observations about the U.S., differences between the U.S. and Germany and U.S. and Italy and Korea, or just overseas in general. Um, I wanted to do what I've been doing for the past like two or three weeks. I, I kind of had this idea for this podcast in my head. Um, I started every time I had I saw something that was kind of like, oh, well, that's different or whatever. I would kind of put it in my notes on my phone about, oh, you know, hey, write it down, whatever the topic. And I thought I'd make a great podcast to kind of do some observations of not just the U.S., but let's say just let's say let's let's put it like this: observations about Colorado Springs, Colorado, and the U.S. in general. Okay, uh, so let's do that. Let's 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 kind of jump into it. So my first impressions of Colorado Springs. I'm going to tell you, I got a lot of let's 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 talk about Colorado Springs, or as they call it, the Springs. I like that nickname. Uh, we love Colorado Springs. Now, I probably shouldn't talk for Virginia and the kids, although they tell me they like it. For me, I friggin' love it here. This place is so flippin' freaking gorgeous. I mean, physically, it's just unbelievably gorgeous. Uh, it's But it's got a really, we- really weird sort of 
I don't know what the word is. Uh, so here's the thing. Everybody thinks Colorado, Rocky Mountain, Rocky Mountain High, all that stuff. Uh, they think Denver, they see the Rocky Mountains, Colorado Springs. Oh, you're in the middle of the Rockies. Well, we're actually not in the middle of the Rockies, and that's what makes it kind of so beautiful here. It's a really a – for Colorado Springs, I'm not going to speak to Denver because I've never been there. Colorado Springs is a really a weird juxtaposition. So I'm going to see if I can kind of – set. You, I mean, you can look on Google, Google Maps or images anytime, but I'm going to see if – for those of you listening who have never been here, I, mean, I can kind of explain it to you. So the Rockies basically start like right here at Colorado Springs. Like right, they literally start right here. And so if you look, so if you're, if you're, so if you're down south and you're facing north, like due north, uh, and you look to your left, you'll see the Rocky Mountains. And it's dominated by Pikes Peak. Those of you who don't know about Pikes Peak, it's one of the largest or one of the highest mountains in the Rocky Mountains. It's not the highest. It's pretty close. The highest, I forget what the name of it is. We have the E. I can't remember. Earn, earn. Anyway, um, but it's it's huge. It's fourteen. It's well over 14,000 feet, and it literally is like right on the doorstep of Colorado Springs. And so it overlooks the city, and it just it dominates the entire city. I mean, Pikes, Pikes Peak and Colorado Springs cannot be separated. And it's just so freaking gorgeous. It's unbelievable. This mountain is, I mean, I grew up in New Hampshire, and we used to go spend vacations up in the mountains, you know, in the White Mountains, uh, New Hampshire, Green Mountains of Vermont. But those, the Appalachians are, are like, well, let's put it this way. The highest mountain on the northeast is in New Hampshire. It's Mount Washington. It's 6,288 feet. And I've climbed it several times, and it's daunting. But think about that, 6,288 feet. And now right on that doorstop, or doorstep of uh, Colorado Springs, it's Pikes Peak, most one of the most famous mountains in the country, over 14,000 feet. So, you know, like two and a half times or whatever it happens to be of uh, Mount Washington. And, it's, and it's, it's, just, it's just incredible. There's like almost nowhere you can go in the whole city where you can't see Pikes Peak. Uh, but then the crazy thing is, again, if you're looking north from the south with – all the Rocky Mountains on your left, you look to the right, it's just prairie. It literally is just prairie. It's nothing. If, like, have you ever seen the movie or the TV show Yellowstone, which I love? I uh, can't wait for season five, by the way. Um, it's, it literally is just flat and prairie, and prairie as far as I can see. It's, it's such a strange juxtaposition. It's like, it's like two complete opposite. Uh, it's just crazy. I mean, you look to your left, boom. If you look over there, you got the mountains with Pikes Peak, 14,000 feet. And then you look the other way, and it's just flat. You know, like literally flat, like a prairie. It's crazy. And I, I, I remember when I got here and I had to, I had to drive out to a Shriver Air Force Base or Space Force Base. Uh, and that's like way, way out on the prairie, um, a little ways. And it was cool for me. And most people, when they drive it, they're like, oh, this is just boring. There's nothing here. But for me, I was like, this is cool. I mean, I grew up, you know, I grew up in New England. We had mountains. We had beaches. We had this. We had that. We didn't have a prairie. Let me just tell you that. And I've, learned, I've read all about prairies and prairie dogs, and I've seen pictures, I've seen movies and TV shows. So to kind of see it in person, for me, for the, for the first time in my life, was actually pretty cool. I really, really enjoyed it, even though it's kind of flat and not much to see. Um, that's what she said. Anyway, um, so yeah, so Colorado Springs, absolutely flipping gorgeous. Freaking love it here. I, I can't, I, and I, maybe we'll get into it in a future podcast. I don't want to get too, 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 too into it, but where we live is, is north uh, of the city and so the main uh there's an interstate uh here that goes from denver all the way down to colorado springs all the way down to pueblo and beyond it's called the i-25 and that's the and we live up in the north 
And that's the main interstate that I take to get to work. And the interstate, if you ever look on a map, the I-25, like, basically just kind of, like, parallels the mountains all the way down. And I swear to God, I'll be surprised if during my time here I don't get in some kind of accident because every time I'm driving it, I just can't help looking to the right and out of the corner of my eye. It's just, just the views of the mountains. You're, like, literally driving right in the shadow of the mountains. It's incredible. And then you got the Air Force Academy that's right there. So, yeah, we love, we love Colorado Springs. Absolutely love it. Physically beautiful. Uh, the people here are some of the most friendliest I've ever met in my – well, I, I say in my life, but I should say in the U.S. But, the, you know, the, look, we've been – in the past 25 years, we've lived in the U.S., what, a little over two years, and that was in Scumter, South Carolina. Um, everybody talks about how, how – oh, the people in the South are so friendly – yeah, non scumter They were freaking snobs. They they were just, ah, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but Colorado Springs, to me, everybody I've met here has just been so freaking friendly. Every, every time you got a problem, you got to go do something, people that try to help you out, it's amazing. This place is great. Uh, it's Trump country. It's definitely Trump country. I mean, take that as you will. I don't know. I'm not going to get into politics on this, uh, th- on this, uh, this podcast. Um, but if you are a Trump fan, you will feel right at home here in Colorado Springs. We've seen tons and tons of Trump fans. Some of them funny. We saw a guy in a pickup truck that had like his whole, I can't even describe it. I wish I could have got a picture of it. He must have had 18, 20 flags sticking out of his back thing with Trump, Trump, Trump. So, yeah, this is definitely Trump country. Uh, my friend Paul, who lived here for a long time, Paul Powell, shout out to you, buddy. Uh, was telling me that when I got here, he says, so the way it breaks down, it basically is the people who, dr- who drive the Subarus, they're the liberals, the people who drive the pickup trucks, they're the Republicans uh, or the conservatives. And I said, well, what, I'm going to drive a Volvo XC90. What does that make me? He's like, oh, I don't know. You're somewhere in there, somewhere. So anyway, oh, by the way, checked on my car today. It, it arrived at the port finally. So hopefully within the next two weeks, I'll have my car uh, driving a rental now, which is getting freaking expensive. At least it's a, it's a compact car, really going to guess. Uh, household goods should be here within the next two or three weeks, which is good because we're, uh, I'm telling you, man, as I said, my back is killing me. My back's just getting destroyed by this friggin' sofa bed. So, I had to take a sip of my Cabernet there. As I mentioned, it today is National Wine Day. So, if for those of you who know, you know, and you should be drinking some wine tonight. So, uh, we talked about the people here. People are extremely friendly. We love it. Uh, I don't know what else I can say about Colorado Springs. I mean, it's expensive as hell. It is very, very expensive. Um, we already talked about in my last podcast how trouble, how much trouble we had finding a, a place to rent. We found a place, and for those of you who have me on Facebook or whatever, you know that um, despite how great this place is, two days after we moved in, uh, they had a record rain. They had a record like 24-hour rainfall, and our basement flooded. Yep, just like in Italy, basement flooded, and we had to tear up the carpet and do all that stuff. Um, it's been a nightmare. Thank God our household goods weren't delivered because otherwise we probably would have lost a lot of stuff. Uh, as it was, the realtor, uh, Ruth Gisa, fantastic from Hanau, Germany. We love her. Um, she had somebody come in right away, tear up the carpet, break out the drywall, figure out what the leaks were, patch them up, everything else. Uh, the carpets now, they've had a blower going off for like the last two weeks. That's what she said. Um, and then it's finally dry now. So now she's going to be sending in a cleaner, I think sometime next week to come clean the entire carpets, make sure the mold doesn't come or whatever. Hopefully everything's okay now. And in two or three weeks from now, we get household goods. We'll be good to go. But I still worry. I know they've had flooding here a lot. So 
Uh, yeah, another thing they have here, too, now that I think of it, is they have, man, I'm telling you, man, the weather here is absolutely insane. It is insane. It's crazier almost than anywhere I've ever seen. It'll be like, one day it'll be like 75 degrees and you're hot and you're in your, th- and next day it's like 40 degrees and it's pouring rain and hail. Hail here is a big problem. Hail is a huge problem here. Um, I don't, if it's my car, I don't care. If it ruins my car, who cares? You know, it, it's already paid for. Um, but I worry that it's going to come and hit while I got the rental car, uh, because if th- that hail can put so many dents on a car that that car is not worth, you know, you, you can't, you can't drive it anymore. And you, anyway, uh, but it's a big problem here. We got a lot of hail. They got a lot, a lot of hail here. It's crazy. It's an, it's insane. Um, so anyway, I, I know you, I'm just rambling on now. So let's, let's jump into sort of the meat of the, uh, the episode here. Um, and these are, as I, as I mentioned, these are sort of my observations on Colorado Springs and specifically, and then Colorado, a little more general, and the United States in more general terms, um, and just kind of stuff that I've seen. Uh, so I made a list. I got, I don't know, 23, 24, 25, whatever. I got a bunch of them. I'm just going to kind of go through them one-on-one like I always do and just kind of talk a little bit about each one. Uh, and these are things that I've noticed about the U.S. or Colorado Springs in general uh, that are different than where we've I mean, you, for those who don't know me, I'm, I was born and raised just outside of Boston, about, I don't know, 45 minutes north, Nashville, New Hampshire, uh, New Englander through and through. Um, but coming to South Carolina, when I did, was complete culture shock. Colorado hasn't been as as bad cultural shock, but there's still things that are different. And part of it, I think, is, is just not Colorado Springs or Colorado. It's more U.S. in general. Uh, it's just stuff that because I've been away for so long. This past this past uh, journey, we've been in this and we've been overseas for seven years, Italy to Korea to Germany, and things are different now, man. In the states, I mean, things are moving really, really fast. So, so let's get into it. Uh, let's get right into it. Um, I'm going to tell you the first. Uh, okay, sorry, we had a little had a little incident here. No big deal. Uh, anyway, so let's keep going. Uh, so my first observation that I wanted to make, and this is this is a crazy one. Uh, I'm just going to call it Army versus Air Force. Uh, so we are in Colorado Springs, which is a huge military town. There are, I don't know, off the top of my head, one, two, three, four, five, at least five military bases between Army and Air Force. Although, I should mention... Um, here, uh, the bases, the, what used to be called the Air Force bases are now called Space Force Base. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we have a new service in the, in the United States military, the Department of Defense. There used to be Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. I don't count, I don't count Coast Guard as Armed Forces because they're Department of Transportation, but I, I'm not trying to piss anybody off, I, whatever. Uh, but now, we, in addition to those, we also have the U.S. Space Force um, so now I work for U.S. Space Com, which is United States Space Command, which is a combatant, a unified combatant command, and that's different than Space Force. Now, Space Force, so like, for instance, an Army, people, if you're in the Army, they call you a soldier. If you're in the Air Force, they call you a an airman. If you're in the Marines, they call you a Marine. Uh, if you're in the Navy, they call you, I think it's a sailor, I guess. Uh, so if you're in Space Force, seriously, I'm not making this up. You're known as a guardian. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not kidding. Uh, I was chatting with my buddy Gino about it earlier when I told him that. He laughed so hard 
He's like, what? What is the what is the motto of Spaceport? I am Groot. <laughs> seriously, I mean, it's seriously. You can't make this shit up. Anyway, uh, so so Peterson, the, the Air Force bases. It was was Peterson Air Force Base was a big one. The Schriever Air Force Base, but now they're called they're not called Air Force bases. They're called Space Force bases because they're anyway. So anyway, so uh, there's those. And then there's one of the biggest bait, one of the biggest army bases in the United States, or really in the world, is called Fort Carson, Colorado, which I've heard about for years and years and years. Uh, in my career, I have deployed probably hundreds of thousands of of troops of soldiers from uh, from Fort Carson. Uh, I've always heard it's a beautiful, beautiful post, which I can see now because it's in Colorado Springs. Uh, but you know, despite the location and it being beautiful, it still can't escape the the, the stink of, of just the arm of being an army base. And so when I say army versus air force, let me just give you a perfect example of what I mean. So, so I, so I'm on Facebook as I know many of you are. And, uh, one of the things I've learned in my career and my travels and all the places I've been to is, uh, if you want to know, if you have any questions about what local area you're in or how things work in that area or whatever, whether it's a specific base or whatever, Join the spouse's Facebook page. The spouses know everything. So, like, for instance, when we were in, when we were in Wiesbaden, you join the Wiesbaden spouse's page. Any question we had, whether it's, hey, you know, where do I find this or where's the best place to eat or whatever, the spouses, within two seconds, you got, like, five messages or five posts from spouses, you know, answering you. They know everything. The spouses know everything. The military spouses, that's their job. They just know everything about everything sip of my cabinet there sorry so anyway so the first thing i do when i go to a new area or whatever is i join the spouses page so when i came here i joined the spouses page of peterson's Air space force base uh peterson and shreve i should say because it's combined and then i also joined the four carson spouses page what a difference i'm telling you if you are listening from the colorado springs area and you and you're not belong, and you don't belong, or you're not members. That you need to get on. I'm, dude. The Fort Carson spouses page is off the chain. I'm telling you, man. So let's just put it this way. So you go on to like the Peterson Air Force spouses page, right? And and every post is like, oh, can anybody recommend a good a good uh, bed and bath store in town that has Egyptian sheets with at least three thousand count? You know, this is that. Or can anybody recommend a good place? Uh, for a family of four with a, it's going to be good good schools and this, this and that. Then you go to the four cars and spouses page and every post is, can anybody recommend a good divorce lawyer? And I'm not kidding. I, I mean, like, literally, anyone who's, anyone who's in this area who's on that page can back me up on this. Every other post is about divorce or my husband's cheating on me. He's in the field and he's cheating on me. Uh, or there's, like, in the last week, there was, like, three or four that were from spouses who's, whose husbands got military police orders against them and weren't allowed to have contact with them. But uh, what is it? They're, they're friggin' uh, oh, I, my, I can't have, my, my husband's not allowed to have contact with me, but he's got the only car, and my kids are starving, and I can't get them food. And, I mean, it's, it's just the, the chasm between the Army and the Air Force is just never more obvious 
than just watching these spouses pages, I swear to God. One of my favorite ones was last week. Somebody posted something on the forecasting page about, oh, uh, they, they put a picture of their little red car. It wasn't even a fancy car or anything. It was just a regular old red car, a little red hoopty. It's like, oh, somebody stole my car. If anybody sees it, can they report it to me or report it to the MPs and this and that? And you look at it, it was it was stolen on base at Fort Carson. And then if that's not funny enough, like there was like a whole bunch of posts on the a whole bunch of replies on the post that were like, Wow, this is the second car in twenty four hours that's been stolen in Fort Carson. What is going seriously, it's like, Oh my god, man. Uh what are you gonna do, man? All I can say is hua. Hua. Anyway, let's 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 get into more uh, non-military stuff here. So, stuff about this is this is a US thing. Well, I'm assuming it's US. Um that drives me nuts and I I can't stand it. Uh you know, what? let's com- let's actually let's combine this. Let's combine these two. So, one of them is tipping. Anyone who's been in Europe for any length of time knows you know, tipping is not really a thing. You, I mean, most places you try to tip, they don't take it, you know. And that's great, man. I love it. Because, uh, But they get, paid a, they get paid a living wage there. The waiters and waitresses, they don't work for tips. They get paid a living wage. So they don't have to work for tips. Not in the U.S. Oh, my God. Here, this, is one of the, this has been one of the hardest things that I've had to adjust to here is the freaking tipping. Because, I mean, I remember way, way back in the day, tipping's always been in the state, a thing in the States. You know, I, I was born and raised here, at least until I was 26. And I know tipping is tipping. You know, it used to be like, oh, 10% is the standard tip. Jesus Christ, not, not these days. Nowadays, you get the bill and it's like, oh, the suggested tip is like 18, 20, or 22%. It's like, Jesus, man, and especially for us. Like, we got five people in the family. And, like, when we were living in hotels for the past two months, or the past month here, before we moved into our house, we had to eat out every friggin' meal. Every time you go out with five people, you're not getting out of there for less than a hundred bucks. And then with the tip, my God, it's like Jesus. The tip's like twenty five, thirty dollars. Like, give me a break. So now that we're in our house, we're, we don't eat out any at any. We don't eat any more at all. We we just can't afford to eat out. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. We can't do it. It's too much. It's crazy. The tipping is out of control. Xavier's, you know, looking for a job now because he's been. Cripes, when we went overseas, he was in junior high. Uh, now he's trying to get a job, and it seems like him, he's, he, from what his friends he's talking to, he's made here, he's like, oh, I want to get a job, you know, as a waiter, because look at this. You, you know, you, you bust three tables, you know, over in an hour, you get $25 tips. That's like $75 an hour. I'm like, I, mean, I can't argue with the kid, but it's ridiculous, and I absolutely hate it. And I people are like, well, you don't have to. Th-. Yeah, I get that, but it's like. I if I if I tip less than like 18 20% I feel like a friggin' cheapskate. I hate it. So, yeah, now that we're in a house, no more of that. But along the lines of tipping, this is one thing that drives me crazy that all these restaurants here do. So, you order your food, right? And then they bring all your food, right? And you know, you you go to a restaurant, you're like, "Okay, I'm going to have first you get your drinks, then you get okay, you put in your main order, right? So, you order all your stuff. And then the food comes and you're eating. And then like a couple minutes later, the waitress comes and she gives you your check. And she's like, okay, I'll just take your time, but I'll just take that one in. You're ready. And I'm like, wait a minute here. We just got our friggin' food. How do you know we don't want more drinks or we don't want desserts or we want to order something else? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand the thinking behind this. It seems counterproductive to the waiters and waitresses to give you a tip before you even finish eating. It seems like they would want to try to get you to order more stuff. So why the hell... Are they bringing me the tip as soon as I get, or the bill, as soon as I get the friggin' entrees? 
Like, what's that? What the, what's that all about? You know? Just, I don't get it. It's, I, I just don't get it. It's so, it's the antithesis of everything. Anyway, whatever. Uh, okay, let's move on. So the next thing that has this is one thing that's really surprised me about Colorado Springs. I, I guess the U.S. in general. I don't know. I've heard of this, but it's been so long since I lived here that I just I, I don't know. Uh, I was not prepared for the amount of homeless people here in Colorado Springs. I'd heard that there were a lot of homeless people. I was not prepared for the amount of people of homeless people that I've seen. They are at every single stoplight or stop sign, everywhere you go. You, I mean, it's incredible. I, it's sad. I mean, I, I'm not making light of it in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the majority of them have fun, signs saying, I'm a homeless veteran. Uh, sidebar, I've always heard one of my favorite jokes is, uh, you always hear about the homeless veterans. And one of my favorite jokes that I've heard years ago is, and again, not to make light of it, so I don't want to hear anybody, oh, you're a heartless bastard, blah, blah, blah. But uh, it goes, what if all the homeless vets were actually first lieutenants lost on the on the land navigation course think about it now if you're a veteran you're probably laughing at that if you're not a veteran you're probably one of these people that are like oh how dare you make fun of a men in uniform anyway um but yeah homeless people i mean it's a horrible horrible thing and i i I just can't believe how many of them there are here in colorado springs um from what i'm told the majority of them actually live in the downtown area which we don't really ever go to um but everywhere we've been, it's like I, I just wasn't I wasn't prepared for it. People told me there were a lot of homeless people here, but I was not prepared for it. Everywhere you go, sometimes even at it in the stoplight, there's like two or three homeless people, all with signs like vying for change and stuff like that. It's a really really sad thing. Uh, but yeah, but it's just crazy. Uh, let's move on. Um, what's next on my list? Too much ice. Yeah. So this is something even going back to when we were in South Carolina last time. So for those who don't know, in the past 25 years, so since, which would be since 1998, um, I've only lived in the States for two years and that's about two and a half, it was about two and a half years in South Carolina, a little town called Scumter, which I hate, which I hated. Um, and I hated this then and I hate it now. I don't understand this American fascination or this American addiction with, Every, like, bottle of water that you have, you go get a bottle of water, it has to be ice, 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 ice cold. I know I've talked about this on a, on a previous podcast, but I just cannot get used to it. I, I go in, you know, I, fill, I go and fill up my gas tank with gas. I go in a thing. I, I like to have a bottle of water in my hands all the time or in my car or whatever. And I'll, you can't, I mean, I'm looking for one that's, like, lukewarm or something that's, like, it's not in the fridge. You can't find one. You got to find, it's just, everything is just too much ice. You go into a restaurant, they always bring you the, the, the glasses. We're starting to get in the habit of now, it took us a long time to get used to this, but we're starting to get in the habit of now, whenever we, the waiter comes, she's like, okay, can I get you started, da 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 We always tell them, oh, can we have no, can we have no ice in the water, please? And they're always like, oh, sure. And a lot of times we forget they bring us water with ice, and I feel like the biggest douchebag saying, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a jerk, but I can we can I get this no ice? Oh, no problem. All they do is take it back, scoop the ice out, and give it back to you because the water's still friggin' ice cold. Uh, but I just I don't like ice cold water. It's just it hurts my teeth, it hurts my stomach. I want uh, water that's just like a little bit above room temperature. Virginia's the same. My kids have gotten used to it because we've been in Europe so long. The ice cold water, I just I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't understand what the appeal to it is. If it's like a friggin' 100 degrees day and I'm sweating my cannolis off, yeah, give me an ice cold water, okay? Like an ice cold water, fine. But if it's like 65 degrees, I don't need my water to be, you know, friggin' 32 degrees. I don't need it, okay? 
anyway, okay. Uh, next one. And this is something that everybody who knows me has heard me rail again and again and again against. I do not understand this about the U.S. Detachable shower heads. How in the world do people in the U.S. take a shower without a detachable shower head? How? How do you do it? It's friggin' barbaric, man. I'm telling you. How the hell do you wash your undercarriage? I know people always joke. They're like, oh, what do you need to touch me when you want to play with yourself? No, it's not about that. How the hell do you wash your undercarriage without a detachable shower head? How? There's little parts of your body that you can't reach with just a regular shower. I mean, you're friggin', you got to be a friggin' contortionist just to try to bend your body so that the water hits you in a certain way so you can friggin' rinse it off and stuff. No. Uh, no, give me a detachable shower head. Everybody else in the world, it seems like, has figured this out except the U.S., and I don't understand this. We're supposed to be the biggest, best country in the world, and we still don't have detachable shower heads. Now, I will say uh, it's starting to be popular. Um, we, in our house, we have one, two, three. We have three showers. The best one is in our master bedroom, and this was a big selling point for me. It has a detachable shower head. Now, our realtor, who's from Germany, Hanau, Germany, Ruth, and I mentioned it to her, and she's like, oh, I know, the first thing I did when I got to this country is I changed every one of my sons to a detachable shower head. I don't understand it. And if you're an American, you don't know what I'm talking about, just trust me on this. Detachable shower heads is the way to go. I, I don't even know what else I can say. You, if you prefer a regular, standard, stay shower head to a detachable... I, I don't even know what to tell you, man. It's friggin' barbaric. It's barbaric. All right, moving on. Right turn on red. Those of you who have been in Germany, you know that you cannot take a right turn on red. It's illegal. I love it, man. I friggin' love it. I, and, and this funny thing is that sometimes I'm I'm driving and I go and I'm like, ah, shit, red. And I sit there at a red and I'm like, I'm sitting there all of a sudden. I, the guy behind me beeps because I'm like, oh, shit, it's red. And I'm like, oh, I'm allowed to go on red. I can't. Red, right turn on red, man. Big thing. Big thing. Love it. Absolutely love it. I don't understand why the Germans haven't adopted this. Like, we we haven't adopted the detachable shower heads, but they haven't adopted the friggin' right turn on red. It's it's common sense. It makes no sense why the Germans don't allow it, but whatever. Uh, the weather, you know, we already talked about the weather here. The weather's crazy. It's unbelievable. I, I've been in, I mean, I grew up in New England where, you know, we always used to say, oh, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes and it'll change and spent a lot of time in Germany where, you know, Grafenvier, same thing. They always say the same thing. Oh, if you don't like the weather in Grafenvier, wait a couple minutes, it'll change. Um, Wiesbaden had some really weird weather, I thought. But nothing, I don't think, has ever compared to Colorado Springs. It is crazy here. And I think because we're right, like, literally right in the shadow of the Rockies and between the Rockies and the prairie, I, I guess that's what causes it. I don't know. It's crazy. But it, I'm not going to spend too much time on the weather. I already talked about it. All right, another thing. Uh, that if you know me, this won't surprise you, and I, I probably talked about it before, that I cannot get used to here in the U.S. is the freaking fried food. Everything is deep fried. It's like, come on, man. I get it. You, you know, the whole, oh, yeah, you could, you know, deep fry a, a piece of shoe leather, and it'll taste delicious. Yeah, I get it, but it doesn't mean it's healthy. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna probably, people are going to probably laugh at me, whatever, but... There are many, many foods that taste better, like grilled, cooked a little healthier than just friggin' breading and deep fried. There's no imagination there, you know. I don't like fried food. I just, I never really have. I mean, obviously, I have oh, French fries and, you know, give me some fried shrimp, give me this, whatever. 
But like fish, for instance, I would much, much have a piece. I would much, much rather have a nice piece of grilled fish with a little squeezed lemon on it, some herbs, than have like a friggin' piece, big piece of friggin' deep fried fish. No, I, 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 there's no imagination. There's no flavor to it. You know, come on. So we, I, we're Virginia's the same thing. She loves it. The, she loves. She's the same way. She cannot stand deep fried stuff. And America is the home of deep fried stuff. They deep fry everything, man. I swear to God, they would deep fry a piece of shit and serve it to you if they knew people would eat it, which they probably would. I just don't get it. I, I, I mean, you can you eat some of the deep fried stuff here, and it's like you can feel your arteries hardening. It's like, come on, man. It's not. Uh, and the food here is so good. That's the thing. It's like I can see if it's like a crappy piece of food. Oh, just deep fried. It'll taste good. But we have some nice piece of meats and fish and other stuff here. Why do you got to deep fry everything? Just uh, stop at the deep frying. I can't. I just can't. I just can't. Okay, this is actually a kind of a, I don't know what the adjective would be. Funny, peculiar, weird, strange, whatever. I've noticed since I've been here. Uh, Colorado Springs. There are tons of religious radio stations on the radio here. I would bet that there are probably way more religious radio stations than any other format here in Colorado Springs. And I know this because all I do all day is drive, 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 and I go through the radio constantly. I, I, I was not prepared for how religious Colorado Springs is. Now, I mentioned this is definitely Trump country, so I guess maybe I shouldn't be surprised. I was, I, you, I mean, you hear about the Deep South being in the Bible Belt and maybe the Midwest, you know, so you expect it, but Colorado Springs, I, I, I just kind of always saw as not really the south of the Midwest, more of like mountain or almost west, really. But there are, oh my God, this is a religious city, Colorado Springs. There is, I, and I'm telling you, I, I sit there and I change radio stations as I'm driving, and God, it's like you change a station, it's like, oh dear Lord Jesus, it's like, and then you change the station again, it's like, oh dear Lord. We pray for the, and he changed it again, and it's like, send us your, send us your gift of five hundred. Not, and it's like it's 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 the gamut too. It's not just like there's contemporary Christian radio stations. There must be a dozen of them here, and then there's the other uh, the other side of the spectrum. That's all the friggin' like uh, what do you call them? The like the, the the preachers that are just sit there and beg for money. It's incredible. I just I can't. It's amazing. I. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just amazing. You can't, I can't tell you how many times I'm changing the station. And sometimes I'm just kind of changing it blindly as I'm zoning out, looking at the mountains and stuff. And all of a sudden I get, you know, smack back into life with, send your gift of $5,000 today. You know, it's incredible. It's, uh, it's amazing. I, it's, I, I know I have a lot of friends listening and on here who are very religious and I have nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with that. You guys would love it here in Colorado Springs. It just really, really surprised me at the amount of radio stations. Uh, we've got a couple of classic. I'm a classic rock guy. Uh, we got a couple of classic rock stations that are kind of decent. We must have at least, cripes, well over a dozen religious stations, maybe as many as twenty. Um, we've got, and then the next thing would be the country stations, of course, because we're you know we're out in the mountain Midwest, whatever. Uh, tons of country stations here. I don't really listen to country anymore. I haven't since the 90s, so I'm kind of lost there. I kind of skip over them. Although I will say I love that song. Uh, what's the new one? Um, 
my friend Rick Gaines put it on his thing. That's where I first heard it. And I've come addicted to it. It's about a guy singing about his mother or something. Thought you should know. Something like that. I, I really like that song. That kind of that song's kind of cool. Um, other than that, I'm not really into the country music unless it's like the old, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, some 90s kind of twangy, twangy country music stuff. But uh, I'm not a fan of like the Christ, Christian contemporary music. I don't know any of it, so I don't listen to it. And so I'm constantly just, it's like I'm just going back and forth between the two freaking classic rock stations here. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so got to, I think hopefully when I get my, well, I can't because my car's old, I can't get that satellite radio, but I was, I don't know, I'll probably just be listening to podcasts on my, on my commute, which is going to be quite long. Uh, okay, so star, sorry to drone on, uh, let's move on. Uh, oh yeah, dry air. This is something a lot of people warn me about, Jay. dry air. Uh, well, you know what? There's two things: dry air and the altitude here. Um, everybody, I didn't hear much about the dry air, but I did hear a lot about the altitude. When before I was coming here, people were kept. I mean, they were like trying to scare me and terrify me about the altitude. Like, oh, you know, Colorado Springs is even higher than Denver. It's like six thousand and something some odd square feet. Now, I'd never really had a lot of experience or whatever at high altitude, except for one time we were in Italy. We did a company trip where we hiked up, well, we hiked halfway and then took a gondola the rest of the way to a mountain, to our little refugio, and the altitude was a little over 8,000 square, uh, 8,000 feet, and I remember being at the top of that, and people were telling me, like, yeah, you got to go easy up there, and seriously, it hit me hard. Like, I was walking around, and I was like, oh, my God, I'd take five steps, and I'd be like, <sighs> like, breathing heavily. I'm like, oh, my God, they weren't kidding, so I, I was expecting the worst when I got here. And it hasn't really hit me. The altitude hasn't really been too much of a problem. I do find myself short of breath uh, every now and then just out of the blue. Um, sometimes I'll just be sitting all of a sudden I'll be like, <sighs> I'll kind of catch my breath and I'll realize I'm like, I, you know, I, I guess it's the altitude. I don't know. Uh, I never got altitude sickness. I think Xavier did. He got an ear infection when he first got here. But he's fine now. Got some antibiotics. But, yeah, the altitude hasn't really bothered me too, too much here. Um, but the dry air has. Uh, Colorado's basically a desert from what I'm told and from what I've seen and experienced. Colorado's basically a desert, even though we got mountains here. And the air here is extremely dry. When I first got here, it, it, I'm actually starting to, we've been here a month and a half now, week and, month, month and three weeks. I'm starting to get better now. It's starting to get a little better. But I'm telling you, man, my first month, dude, it was horrible. I could, I mean, I had, I, okay, I'm going to get gross for a little minute, a little minute here. I'm just going to get gross. I'm just warning you. I had friggin' nose nuggets like you wouldn't believe. I would blow my nose, and it would be like, oh, it was like friggin' shooting BBs or something, man, seriously. And then I'd have to keep just digging out these nose nuggets. It was disgusting. It was like the first, like, month. But it's gotten better now. Now it's the, my, I guess my body's adjusted, whatever, to the, to the dry air. It's not quite as bad. Blow my nose a lot still, but it's not. Like, for the first month, every time I blew my nose, it was like all blood. Seriously. It's disgusting. Um, but I guess I'm starting to adjust now, and it's not too, too bad. Uh, and I guess I'll just continue to keep adjusting. So I'm nothing if not uh, adaptable. Uh, tipping, we already talked about tipping. Prices of groceries. Yeah, groceries, man. I, and I don't think this is a Colorado Springs thing. I, I think this is, a, this is just a U.S. in general thing. I'm just guessing because I've only been in Colorado Springs here. But, man, I, groceries here. I can't believe how much the price of groceries has gone up. And I know a lot's happened in a few years with the COVID and everything else. That's driven at the price of groceries, but my God, I this is like difficult for us because we're we're foodies and I got a family of five we got to feed here, and this I'm telling you, man, we can't. It's hard to get out of grocery shopping for like less than two hundred dollars for the friggin' week. I mean, 
So we're looking at ways of cutting back, looking at stuff that we don't need. Um, I hate to say it. I thought I was past this at this point in my career, but I'm not. I'm having to look at buying generic brand. And the worst part, having to look at buying cheaper wine. I know. I, I know. It is what it is. Whatever. Um, but, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, along with the price of groceries, uh, I'm going to say another thing that I, I'm missing here that I haven't seen that we had in Germany and even in Korea is the different cuts of meat that we had access to. Uh, Germany particularly, um, we had to, for those of you who remember, we had the Tegut grocery store near us, and they had unbelievable cuts. They had lamb. They had like four or five different cuts of lamb. And it was, it was I'm not going to say cheap, but it was a hell of a lot cheaper than here. Uh, you could get duck, no problem. Duck breasts, you get them frozen or fresh, just beautiful. I can't find that anywhere here. Um, and if I do find lamb, it's like five times as expensive as it was in Germany. If I do find duck, it's like, my God, ten times the price of Germany or, or, or Korea. And I and I it, that sucks for me because, as you know, I as some of you know, I, I've you know, I become cooking is like my hobby, whatever. In in these wild, not wild game, but off cuts of meat like lamb duck stuff like that have become kind of my chosen thing to to make you know and i i'm not gonna be able to do that here so i don't know where i go um i don't know i, I you know i don't know we'll have to wait and see maybe i find something that replaces it maybe freaking rattlesnake or some shit i don't know bobcat whatever uh i i guess we gotta wait and see another thing in the u.s that we hate that we can't get used to here uh but it's not a surprise because we this was, it's not as bad as it was in Scumpter, but it's still the way. This is pretty much the same, and that's the friggin' chain restaurants. I, you know, I, you know me, I'm a, sort of a foodie, overseas for so long, and I, I just can't stand the friggin' chain restaurants. I can't stand them. The Chili's, the Applebee's, the, the Olive Gardens, the Red Lobsters. It's like ah, it's just crap food. I, you know, give me something original. Uh, and it's all, it's like, it's hard to find. These mom and pop's restaurants are really, really these days getting fewer and far between. It's hard to find. They really are hard to find. They, they just can't compete. They can't keep up. And Americans are so friggin', uh, I don't, okay, I'll say superficial. I know everybody's going to say, oh, you're Americans. So why do you hate you? Whatever. You know what? My point is Americans will just say, oh, where can I get the most food for the least amount of money? And it's like, that's not us. That's not me. It's not Virginia. It's not my kids. We want, I give me a good meal. I mean, if I got to pay a little bit more for it, I don't mind. But, or if I got to pay the same amount of money, but I get a little less food, but it's better quality, I don't mind. But ah, these chain restaurants. Now, I will say that the one, actually, okay, let me just say there are some exceptions, okay? I'm, I'm going to caveat this. There are some exceptions, okay? Uh, number one for us of the chain restaurants, of the sit-down nice restaurants, Cracker Barrel. We love Cracker Barrel. I, for those who don't know Cracker Barrel, I don't know. I can't explain it to you. It's like a kind of, a, kind of like a country, southern kind of thing. Their food is so unbelievably awesome, even though they're a chain. It's like every place just does it so phenomenal. And, yeah, they charge a little more or whatever. But their food is just incredible. It's like home-style cooking. I love their meatloaf. Kids love everything there. It's probably the if we had to choose between a, choose a, a sit down restaurant to go to here, kids would probably choose Cracker Barrel. I mean, they absolutely love it. We had talked about for those of you who know me for a long time, uh, we've always done in my family something called Pizza Friday, where every Friday we you know we get pizza for the kids, we watch a movie, whatever. Uh, we had talked about actually 
changing that up to Cracker Barrel Friday when we're here just because we love the food so much. Um, and if you've never been to a Cracker Barrel, you don't know what you're missing. you got the gift shop out front or out in, the, in there, and you got the, the rocking chairs. After we eat, we always love to go out and sit in the rocking chairs for a few minutes just to kind of digest our food. And, and the, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, the Cracker Barrel here is like – when you sit outside in a rocking chairs, you got an unbelievable view of Pikes Peak and the mountains. And so we just, well, I'll sit there for like sometimes 15 minutes. I just love it. So we love Cracker Barrel. Uh, the other chain restaurants we actually like, uh, Chick-fil-A, of course. Who doesn't like Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A is great. It's not that expensive, and the food's always great. Uh, and you can eat healthy if you want to. Uh, and the other one, which is particularly for me and Max, or me and Luca, is Jersey Mike's. I'm a Jersey Mike's guy. I don't care what you say. I don't give a shit. I love Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's has never disappointed me and never, never let me down. And so don't you dare say a bad thing about Jersey Mike's. I freaking love Jersey Mike's. It is 100 times the place the Subway is because they slice their own meats there where Subway's crap is pre-sliced and frozen and thawed out every freaking day. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. I love Jersey Mike's. I love you, Jersey Mike's. And I'm not just looking for an endorsement here. Although, if you want to endorse me, give me free subs. We'll take it. Uh, and those are pretty much the only real chain restaurants that we really like. Other than that, it's like, ah, we try to avoid them. You know, we try to go to the mom and pops, or mom and pops or the independent places. Uh, but it gets hard sometimes. Uh, what's up next on my list here? Steak. Yeah, steak. Uh... So, despite what anybody says, the Japanese, the Argentinians, whatever, the U.S. is the home is is the mecca of steak. I'm sorry, it's, I don't care. I don't care. You take your Japanese, freaking Kobe or Wagyu, and charge me ten times for it, whatever. I will take, and, and we're in, we're in really the Colorado's kind of like on the cusp of the Midwest, Nebraska. And there's next door, and that's Nebraska's always supposed to have some of the best, you know, cattle and, and beef in the U.S. You got Omaha steaks and everything. Man, we've had we've eaten at Texas Roadhouse a couple times, and we don't eat there much because it's a hella expensive. But man, there's nothing like sitting down to a good steak, a great steak. Uh, we had Mother's Day uh, was it last week, and Virginia wanted to do Texas Roadhouse because she wanted a steak, and she splurged. I said, whatever you want, honey, you get what it's Mother's Day, and you deserve it for all you do. So she got the bone-in prime rib, and, man, it did not disappoint. You just can't not get steak like that in Germany or, or Korea or Italy. Well, Italy's got your Bistecca Fiorentina. I agreed, okay. Uh, but I'm telling you, the steak in the U.S., mm, 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 second to none, second to none delicious nice little glass of cabernet with it because we can't get amaroni here which would be the perfect company with steak but what are you going to do uh but you get a nice glass of cabernet a really good one and man mm, nice steak mm -mm -mm. uh next carpets oh yeah this is a big one oh this this bothers virginia a hundred times more than it bothers me oh let me take a little sip of my cabernet here um so this is a we noticed this when we were in the U.S. the last time, but not as pronounced. We have really noticed it this time. So most of the houses overseas, Korea, Italy, Germany, and I guess anywhere else you probably go, hardwood floors and mostly you know, some sometimes tile floors, or even in Italy we had an apartment that was all marble floors, which is beautiful. But they don't do carpets. And in the States, everybody does carpets. And we hate it. Carpets are, carpets are horrible. When you put out like all whole rooms in carpet, it's horrible. 
it's it's 10 times harder to keep clean they get so dirty and you they're gonna have to be replaced like every probably eight to ten years from the stains and stuff and from what we've noticed here since we have carpets here in our part in our in our house they really trap in the smells like I cooked the uh, a week and a half ago they had some uh, I know Jones in the cook I've been wanting to cook I've just been like oh, I'm dying to cook something and I went to the King Supers, which is our local local grocery store, and they had a Dover Dover sole fillets on sale for like it was like eight bucks a pound. So I got like a pound of them, and oh my god, there was so many of them. Uh, but if you ever had sole, like it has a really fishy smell. So I cooked the whole things up. I swear to God, it's still like a week and a half later, and every time I go out and you know I'm, I, I come home from work and I come in, I'm like I can still have that fishy smell no matter what. Virginia's trying to get rid of it uh, with sprays and stuff, but it's like. The carpet's just trapping the smell. I, I, and they're so hard. It, I'm, I'm sorry, but even if you don't have pets, it doesn't matter how many friggin' times you, you friggin' vacuum those carpets or whatever you put down. You're never going to get them 100% clean. I prefer the European and the Asian way of doing them to where, you, you know, you get, like, hardwood floors or whatever, and you just put, like, a, like a little small area rug down on it. It keeps it cleaner. It's, it's much, much shorter, so it's easier to keep clean doesn't stain doesn't hold in the smell anyway uh, virginia it drives her nuts more than any anybody because she's you know she's mostly don't clean in the house so she has to get well like now we got to spend like four or five hundred for like a really really good vacuum because there's so many goddamn carpets in this house that you got to have a really great vacuum to keep them clean it's crazy so carpets is an american thing Uh, carpeting all over the house is an american thing we just cannot get used to it and speaking of not getting used to it this one has bothered me Cripes, going back to when I was in South Carolina, I saw this. What is the fascination with Americans going bare feet in public? I do not understand. Now, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm at the beach, I'm in bare feet, or I'm at the park, I'm in. No, I'm talking about places of business or restaurant. Okay, so we got here, right? And like the first week, the kids are like, oh, let's go to Walmart so we can check the toy section. I'm like, all right, so we go to the local Walmart, right? Uh, and, and there, there was this lady that had this kid who was probably like three or four years old and he's running around the freaking toy section in bare feet and she's got a carriage and stuff and she's just looking, he's showing them all. And I'm like, I'm looking at and me even my, I didn't even have to say anything. Even Xavier and Luke and Max were all like, that's gross. Oh, look at his feet. That's gross. He's in bare feet. How would you walk around in a Walmart in bare feet? I'm like, I know it's disgusting. And I even asked at one point, like one of the Walmart ladies that works there, like was next to us. And I even asked, I told her, I'm like, how do you, how do you guys allow this? She's like, I, I know we hate it. It's disgusting, but there's nothing we can do about it. We've asked people time and time again, please don't wear bare feet or please don't let your kids wear bare feet, but they won't listen. And there's nothing we can do. You know, if we try to do something, then it's going to be a wall. It's going to be a, uh, what do you call it? A lawsuit against us. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's horrible. And then we were staying at the, the, the hotel. Uh, we were staying at the name of the hotel was called the Academy Hotel, which is actually one of the more upscale, like really, really nice hotel. And a really beautiful breakfast, omelets made to order and everything else. And you'd see the people bringing their kids there, like, you know, 45, six-year-old kids, and they're in bare feet. It's like, Jesus, this is a freaking place of, of eating. This is a, a breakfast place. Kids in your bare feet, that's disgusting. Come on, man. I don't understand it. I, I Call me a freaking Pollyanna. I don't, I don't know. But to me, it's disgusting. I don't want to eat somewhere where kids are running around in their bare feet. I just think it's gross. I just think it's gross. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, craft beers. Yeah, craft. So, so I'm, if you know me, you know I'm a wine guy. Okay. 
I, I was a beer guy for many, 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 many years, and I still love a really good beer. The problem is my standards of beer, because I've become such a wine guy, my standards of beer have become so, so high that there are a few beers that I will drink and really, really like. Um, and most of those are actually Belgian. Um, Trappist Roquefort 10, probably my favorite beer in the world. I mean, Guinness on tap must be my favorite beer in the world, but aside from that, which is a given. Trappist Roquefort 10, a Belgian beer, probably my favorite beer in the world. I will drink it all day long. Uh, any Trappist Roquefort, really. Uh, many of the German, Belgian Trappist, Trappist beers. So now in the U.S., they say, well, craft beer is the thing now, and I get that, but it's gotten so – it was even before I left in 1998, though I could see it coming. You had Pizza Wicked Ale, and you, I always heard about the Colorado as being like the home of all the craft beers and everything else. Uh, but, I, you know, so when I got – I noticed this when I got to South Carolina back in 90 – no, not 90, 2000, 2014. For the two years that we lived there, like everywhere we went, everybody's like – Oh, we have. The, I'm like, what do you have on tap? And like, oh, we have this, 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 and that. This is our locally made IPA. It's fantastic. It's this, this, and that. I'm like, all right, let me try one. And I quickly noticed on like every goddamn IPA that they make locally, they load it with like citrus fruit flavors, but particularly grapefruit. And everybody's like, oh, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. And I'm like, oh, let me try one. I try it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's like drinking a goddamn grapefruit beer. It, that's horrible. That's not an IPA to me. An IPA should not have citrus flavors. An IPA should have hoppy flavors. And believe it or not, my favorite IPA, the one that I would drink nonstop, is from Boston, of course. It's called Harpoon IPA. It is such a strong harp, hoppy flavor with no citrus notes at all. And it's the best IPA I've ever had. But everybody with the craft beers is always like, oh, try our IPA. And it's like, ah, it's just, it tastes like a goddamn grapefruit, and I don't like that. Uh, now I have yet to explore a lot of the craft beers here. And part of the reason why is every time I go to the liquor stores or the freaking grocery stores, there's like 500 goddamn different types of beers. There. It's like, I, I'm like, ah, just give me a bottle of wine. I, I don't, I know what I like with wine. I don't even know about craft beers anymore, but craft beers are out of control here. I mean, they're just, there's, there's just so much of it. I'm sure that whatever you like, there's going to be something that you're going to probably love. The problem is finding it. The problem is waiting, you know, waiting to the 500 different beers that are made within a 10-mile radius to find something that, you know, that you'll like. Um, yeah, craft beers. And, and, and Denver, Colorado in general, but Denver in particular, there's, is, is like supposed to be like the home of like craft beers. And it has been even since I joined the Army in 98. I, I remember hearing about it. And it still is to this day. They got like the – there's some kind of huge beer fest here. I don't know if it's Colorado Beer Fest or Denver Beer Fest or, or not fest, but deer – beer show or something i forget exactly what it is if i can find it i might go to it um but i you know De colorado in general is supposed to be like the home of craft beers in the united states i don't know i i'll try i i really will try i, I promise i'll try but i can't deal with the ipa grapefruit freaking beers if you get give me a grapefruit beer just uh, uh just pour it down the toilet uh yeah this is a crazy one i just discovered in the past since we moved into our house is trash pickup uh, so where do I start on this one? So my whole life, you know, the city just sent garbage trucks out, picked up trash, right? No problem. Um, and then we went to Europe, everybody recycles, you know, whatever. Uh, South Carolina, 2014, we went back, same thing, you know, we just, we put our trash out. We had to separate a couple things, but for the most part, the city just came and sent the truck out whatever day and you put your cans out and they 
picked up the trash. No problem. Now, all of a sudden, come to South Carolina, and the city doesn't do trash pickup. Now, it's you have to actually, every, every household actually have, has to actually go online, and you have to find a trash, a, uh, like a private trash company to come pick up your trash, and you got to pay them yourself. And it's like, and they do, and then they do trash and recycling. And so these companies charge like, I mean, they charge you like quarterly, but it's like quarterly is like every three months, but they'll charge you like a hundred and, you know, 115, 120 bucks. So you're paying like 40 bucks a month for trash and recycling. And it's like, wait a minute here. I, I thought this was supposed to be like part of my taxes. What? I don't know. I just, it seems weird to me. I'm, I've never, maybe it's the norm in the U.S. now. I don't know. I've just, I've never heard of it before where you got to actually go like hire your own freaking trash company to pick up your trash. It just seems, I don't know. It seems weird. Maybe that's the way things are going now. I don't know. I, I, it's just, it's crazy to me. And again, it's one of these things that it's like, now is another goddamn fee. It's like, how many more things can they freaking charge me for here? You know, they already charged me for water and gas and electric and everything. Now I got to pay a separate fee to hire some personal company to come pick up my freaking trash and recycling? <sighs> I'm telling you, man. I don't know how people do it. Oh, yeah, this is one that's really kind of uh, bugs me. Uh, I wrote down wrong food orders. And I'm telling you, I wrote it down the other night. So we've been living in hotels before we moved into our house back a couple weeks ago. We've been living in hotels for like the past, going back to Germany, I don't know, like two months, right? And so in the U.S., we were in the hotel for like a month. And so we had no, none of our, none, no places did we have a kitchen at. So we had to like order out or go out every time. So I figured, well, we try to save a little money by ordering some, you know, fast food like Chick-fil-A or whatever, get a DoorDash or whatever. I am just blown away by how many times they screwed up our order. Like, almost, it happens almost every single time that they screw up your order. Like, every single time, and I don't understand. Is it that hard to put in a food order and get it right? I, it never happened to us in, well, I shouldn't say it happened to us in Germany. It happened to us on base in Germany, and it happened once or twice if we ordered on the German economy or whatever. But here, it's like it happens almost every single order, and it's almost breathtaking like you put in just the simple of or, simplest of orders and your order comes and it's like missing like three or four things. And it's like, oh, my God, how, I don't understand it. It's it's breathtaking how, how many times it happens, how often it happens. And it's like, how? It's fast food. You see the order right in front of you. How do you send out an order with the wrong things? Like we got an order. There's a pizza place nearby called Mod Pizza. And I'll say right now, we have not found a single pizza place that all of us really, really like yet. Colorado is just not a pizza place so we found this place that's called mod pizza it's kind of like a local chain kids like it so we ordered uh four pizzas right um so one for Luca one for Max one for me one for Xavier the pizzas come and we look into it there's Luca's there's Max's there's Xavier's and the fourth pizza is like someone named like I don't know like Patty Schlemichel or something I'm like how do you how do you do this? How do you get three pizzas out of four pizzas right, but then you have the fourth pizza for someone with a completely different name and a completely different address? I don't understand this. And then you call them, and they're like, well, I'm sorry, sir, that was put in with DoorDash, so there's nothing we can do about it. I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm just going to eat the friggin' pizza then, so there's nothing you can do about it. So I just ate the pizza, and it was terrible. 
But it it that happened like every friggin' order we we order every time we put in an order that happens. It's crazy. I don't know what's going on with the U.S. It's like nobody cares anymore. I get it. It's fast food. It's DoorDash. It's delivery. But whatever. Uh, I guess I'm just hey get off of my lawn. Anyway, uh, what's the next one? Oh, self checkout. Jesus, this isn't just a U.S. thing or a Colorado Springs thing because this was happening uh, overseas at the base. At the bases we you know we worked at before we came here. Uh, the PX and the commissary were going this. And I, I got to tell you, I do not like it at all. Everybody's trying to do self-checkout now, and they're trying to steer you towards self-checkout. Now, look, self-checkout's great if you have, like, a handful of items, 20 items or less, something like that, whatever. But when you're doing your grocery shopping for, like, the whole friggin' month, and you've got, like, 80, 90 items in there or whatever in your basket... How the hell are you supposed to do self-checkout for that when the thing can't even hold that many items? It's ridiculous. And what pisses me off most about it is that it's one thing if they gave you a choice. It's like, okay, all the self-checkout items are on. Or you can go, if you have a bigger, you know, a full basket, you can go here. So Walmart, for instance, right, does this. So they got like eight checkout lines open, right? They have 20 regular checkout lines. I mean, they have eight, like, self-checkout lines. They got like 20, literally, 1 through 20 numbered checkout lanes, right? They have one open. Literally, I'm not even exaggerating. They have one checkout lane open. So, of course, I go to that because if I have, a, you know, like a full car, but now I got to wait behind like three or four people, and it's like, how? what the hell? What, it, how can you have 20 checkout lanes there and you only have one open? Why don't you just take out all the others and make all the others self-checkout lanes? You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. I... It's absolutely ridiculous. It's, uh, I, I don't even want to get started on it. But everywhere I go, it's the same thing. The PX in Wiesbaden did the same thing. The PX, right, they have like, I don't know, seven or eight checkout lanes, right? But they would always have like maybe three lanes open at the most. And then one day, they decided to get with the times, and they opened four self-checkout lanes. They put them in. Immediately, they only had one regular checkout lane open. And it's like there was so many, uh, there's a bunch of items that you can't do in a self-checkout lane, whether it's alcohol or electronics or some other thing. So if you had even one of those items, you couldn't use the self-checkout lane. So now you had, you still had this lane of like seven or eight people going through the regular checkout lane because they had something that you couldn't do in the self-checkout lane. And they only had one freaking lane open. Oh, man. Mm. You, can, you guys can probably hear the vein popping on my forehead as I talk about this. It used to piss me off. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Uh, I guess I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh, okay, I got one last one. I got one last one. This actually came to me tonight as I was watching a commercial uh, for a pizza place. It's Pizza Hut or P- Papa John's or one of these. Uh, they had this thing called a uh, Papa Papadio or something like that. It's basically like a almost almost like a calzone. It's like a fold over kind of pizza sandwich kind of thing. Which sounds and looks delicious, absolutely delicious, and I would. I'm looking at it and I'm like, I would eat that in a heartbeat. But then what they do is they're like, oh no, it's not just that. It's no, it's it's a it's a, a Cool Ranch Dorito, Papadillo or something, and it's got this dipping sauce that's a Cool Ranch Dorito thing, and I'm like, I, I would love to eat that Papadillo. It looks delicious with the regular pizza crust and the toppings, but why do you have to make the actual crust a friggin' Cool Ranch Dorito? What? I don't understand this. Americans are, gotta overdo everything. I, I go to the thing. It's like, oh, I want to get some popcorn, but it's like, no. Now the grocery store. I saw things I've never seen before in the U.S. It's like, oh, now the popcorn's coming like Twix flavor and Oreo cookie flavor and 
and Snickers flavor and it's it's like ah, just stop just give me the base ah ah anyway I think I've reached my limit I can't do anymore I can't I just can't you guys are probably listen probably tired of listening to me an old freaking fart anyway talking about all this shit yeah get off my lawn uh anyway the, you know I I guess looking back this was probably a lot of negative stuff and I and, and don't get me wrong there's a lot of great stuff about this place that I really love so I I think what I'm gonna try to do I will make a promise to you all. Uh, is that I will probably I, I will try to concentrate for the next podcast on a lot of the positive things that I love about the U.S. being back here since I've been back here, uh, and I and I'll 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 use that as my my topic for my next. Hold on, here comes Max. He wants to say something. What do you got, Max? Another thing about the U.S. that I've noticed. Okay, Max wants to chime in. Go, Max. Is that all the exotic flavors that they have here? Like there's a bunch of exotic candy flavors, like. I don't remember any of the flavors, but it was just like really exotic flavors of these candies. And you have to give us an example. Snacks. Um. He he ran all the way from upstairs. That's why he's out of breath. Um. Trying to think. What candies in particular? I know there's like some. Like like uh, what are those ones you like with the sweet um, the sweet and sour? Uh, sour gummies or something? Uh, sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids. Any exact ones there? Um, I don't think they have. Also, no. they're making, also, like the Skittles gummies now. They keep making gummies now. So it's like, there's not really any, like, normal flavors. And, like, kind of basic flavors. It's always just exotic. So you guys have to remember that. And let me just say, Max. You guys have to remember that when we went overseas last time was um, 2017, and Max was, was it, so you were four years old at the time, and so that's all you've ever known is the places overseas, is the you know the military bases and the, uh, the stores overseas in Korea, Germany, and Italy, and so coming here for you must be crazy because I've seen it with you kids every time I take you places you're like, oh. Look at these flavors. They have this and they have that. We never had that overseas, and that's just normal. So, yeah. Anything else? Um, I, I think that's about it. Okay, well, thanks for your input, such as it was. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and end this now. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm going to try to, uh, and I will endeavor to try to pick out more positive things for the next podcast so you guys don't think that I'm just completely negative all the time, even though I am. Uh, but I will do my best. I hope you guys all enjoyed this. Um, I hope nobody got offended. Did you have something, Max? No. Oh, you thought of another one, didn't you? See, I told you to write it down. I think I have. Wait, oh, you think oh, you have? Shoot. I forgot it. Yeah? I forgot it. Oh, well. Maybe you can save it for the next podcast. Yeah. Huh? I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you to the count like, of five. I think it's like something about the houses or something. It's not the carpets. Something about the houses. Hmm. That's cryptic. Something about the houses. Hmm, what could it possibly be? The fact that they have finished basements? Maybe. Maybe. The fact that... Maybe the post... Maybe like the postal services? Hmm, I don't think it's the postal services. Hmm, maybe the garages? Garages is a big thing. That's not really huge in Europe. Mm-hmm. And good thing too, because as I said, mentioned, we get hit. We got, as I mentioned before, we get hail here. So it's important to have a garage. 
save your car. However, if it happens while I'm at work, I'm screwed. So. Hmm. Max, you want to hear a dad joke? Yeah. Did you hear about the new restaurant on the moon? Food's great, no atmosphere. The food's great, but no atmosphere. Okay, well that sounds like a good. Sounds like a good place to end. Uh, say goodbye, Max. Goodbye. Promise me that you'll come on soon for another podcast. Everybody wants to hear more of you on the podcast. Everybody tells me all the time. Okay. Okay, you promise? Okay, mm-hmm. pinky promise. Pinky promise. Pinky promise. Okay, so, so for those you can't see, Max just said a pinky promise that he's going to be on another future episode. Uh, he's got a lot to say. So we will make sure we script it out so he doesn't have a brain fart like he did this time. Um, and uh, we will say goodbye now. Max, say goodbye. Goodbye. Oh! I, what happened? Did you think about it now? All right, hit me. Let's go. Come on, let's I go. Think, I think that it might be like all the big backyards. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I think you're smoking crack, dude. I don't know what. I don't know what. I mean, like, there's no backyards oh, in Korea, oh, oh, Germany, and Italy. The, the fridge, how it dispenses the water. The fridge dispenses the water. Like they don't. They don't have those in Europe. I think they do. Yeah, I think they do. I think you're reaching now. Look, <laughs> he's just looking around the kitchen trying to find things. Okay, so we better end this. So thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we will be back hopefully a little sooner. But like I said, we don't have household goods yet, so I'm struggling to find places to even do podcasts. Uh, so I'll try to update them a little more frequently, if, if possible, whatever. As, But you guys can help me out by uh, commenting or emailing me or Facebook messaging me or whatever and giving me ideas of stuff that you want me to do podcasts about. And now it kind of maybe sparks some interest in me, and maybe I can do something. So uh, for those of you who are bugging me for not doing podcasts enough, maybe you can help me out by giving me some ideas of stuff you want to hear. Uh, till then, uh, till next time. Again, Max, one last time. Say goodbye. Bye-bye. Okay, and we will see you next time. See you, Chucks, later.